Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter thirty one. How many of y'all love the Lord this morning? Good. Good, y'all are awake. I know I have your attention now. First Samuel chapter thirty one. Uh first I'm gonna read verse one and then we're gonna skip down to verse seven, okay? So verse 1 says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines, and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. Now go down to verse 7. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side of Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled. And the Philistines came and dwelt in them. Y'all was praying last night. The Lord pointed me at that verse. And, you know... You could read that a hundred times and not really get much out of it. But then that one time God speaks to you. And you see meaning. What we have here, we have, we have the Israelites. Who are they? The chosen people of God. And what we see here in this chapter is a depiction of the Israelites that we did not see when Joshua led them into the land of promise. You see, there we saw Israelites that had already been purged of all those doubters, or as we would call them today, haters, right? They'd been purged of all of them, and what they had was a unified group that went into the promised land following the leadership of God, and they began to attack and conquer these different groups of people. And they had their problems along the way, and that's why they're in the situation they're in in this chapter we're reading, because they didn't do what God said. He said to kill all of them. Don't spare them. So what we see in this chapter is a beaten, defeated, wore out Israelites that flee from their enemy. And y'all, the thing that really struck me in my heart was when I read verse 7, and it said, when they left their cities, the enemy came and stayed in their houses. Took up residence there. They said, okay, hey, here's an empty house. I'm just going to live here. It's mine now. All right? So I looked at this. I began to think about it. What happened? We, we see people of God chosen by Him, not of their own doing, just God chose them and they were empowered by God. And we come to this point where we see just a bunch of scared, 
helpless people that leave their homes and let the enemy have his way. And you say, well, Brother Kevin, what does that have to do with me today? Y'all, you hear me say that a lot because that's really the first thing I ask. That's, that's the question I want. As I read the Word and, and I, 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 I hear what the Word says, I say, okay, God, well, what does that mean to me? How does that apply in my life? Because sometimes you read these words and you say, I don't get it. Look what these people did. Okay, We need to understand what they just did. Once again, these are the people of God. They left what was theirs. They left their possession and gave it up. They were occupying this place. You hear me? This was their land. Not only had they conquered it and acquired it through means of war, but God promised it to them. He said, here, it's yours. So they had God's signature on the deed, right? God said, this is ours. So here they are, they're sitting in their homes and in their cities, and they hear word that that these men of Israel have been defeated by the Philistines, and they said, all hope is lost. Let's leave everything God's given us and flee. Y'all, really what this has to do with today for you, you need to be thinking about this in a spiritual sense, mostly. Some of it can be physical too, but mostly spiritual. But what I want you to see out of this today is that God has given you possession of something in your life. He's given you a place. And you know, for me, it's my family. Right? It's my family. And and that can spill over into not only my home, but into my church, into their schools. All of these things. God has given me possession of that. It's mine. Because He said so. Now, what do I do with it? Am I going to stand and and fight for what God has given me and say, no, this is mine. I will live and die here until God tells me to do something else. Or in the face of the enemy coming at me, am I just going to abandon it? What happens when I do that? Because that's what a lot of us have done today, guys. We've abandoned what God gave us. And you come back later and you'll see that while you were out, the enemy came in and is living there now. Some of you may look at it and say, you know what? That's what happened in my home. While I was out mentally on vacation, so to speak, the enemy has came in and set up shop in my house. It may be your workplace while, while you were just going about your business and thinking, you know what, I'm just going to keep my head down and put my blinders on and, and do my work. Even though God gave you that job and God put you in that place for a reason to possess that land, while you were out, the enemy came in and he's, he's taken over. 
So what are you going to do today? Now that you come to this knowledge, you see that sometimes that's the first step is, is understanding that there is a problem. Y'all want you to hear this, what, this word today. This ain't one of them that's easy to choke down. I know that. But I want you to see this. Because there wasn't a fight. The enemy, all he had to do was come in and occupy it. You hear that? How many things in your life, how many places in your life have you just walked away from? Given up. And all the enemy had to do was stroll on in and say, Mine... That's sad. You see, um, a righteous man with full knowledge of what God had given them would have said, you know what, they may have defeated them over there, but this is my city. God gave it to me. I'm going to stand and fight. I want you to understand that once those Israelites fled, there was no more resistance to the enemy. Is that you? Is that your life? Are you offering any resistance to Him? Are you fighting back at all? Or are you just letting Him have His way with you? You just let Him come in and do whatever He wants to? Y'all, there are so many... Absentee fathers in this day and age, and I ain't even talking about the families where there's a single parent. I'm talking about the ones where the father lives in the house and he's there on a daily basis, but he's not there. Meanwhile, the enemy is running amok in his house. His kids are being led into other areas because that so-called man of God is absent. Absent-minded, absent spiritually, whatever it is, he's not there. And y'all, I want you to hear what I'm saying today. This ain't easy to hear, but it's the God's honest truth. What we see today is a whole generation coming up that had no influence. What happens when the people of God leave? There's nobody there to offer resistance to the enemy anymore. And y'all, I want you to understand this, okay? Get it in your heart today, because what we see today is a country where the enemy has invaded because the people of God didn't offer resistance to him. Let's look at these scriptures again. Y'all, I'm not just trying to repeat these things to drag things out. I really want this to be dug in today and take hold. So it started in verse 1. The Philistines fought against Israel. So at this point, portions of Israel are still fighting, right? But somewhere in this battle, it doesn't really tell us what happened. 
But for some reason, Israel said, this is getting heavy. We can't do it. Remember the report of those first ten spies? They said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. There's no way we can do it. No way we can do it. Listen, even in that moment, there was just a remnant that said, let us go up at once, for we are well able. Okay? So, in this battle, there wasn't any of them. They said, y'all, we're fixing to get killed. Let's flee. They, they forgot who was supposed to be on their side. They forgot. I have a feeling they went into this whole battle not even contemplating, is God with us? Remember who their leader is at this point. Still Saul. Evil. Taking hold of his heart. Why? Because somebody left a guard down and let him in. They gave place to the devil. Y'all, and this may be you today. And man, I, I hope you leave here today with hurt feelings, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I know the Holy Spirit's going to work on you today. You see, Saul started out the right way. But there was a little problem with Saul, and I think uh, most of us would probably call it vanity. He thought he was a little something he really wasn't. A little better than he really was. And he began to give place to the devil and take things into his own hands, do it his way. So before too long, so many things had happened. He he was even consulting with fortune tellers and soothsayers, whatever you want to call them, psychic authorities, summoning demons and things like that for advice. Listen, this man wasn't just, he didn't make just a little boo-boo, okay, and, and repent. No, he went down and kept going. So don't, don't, don't come into this chapter feeling sorry for the situation the Israelites were in because first of all, God told them, you don't want a king, I'm telling you. And this is where it took them, okay? These are the chosen people of God, the, the called ones, the ones that have been given possession of this great land. And here they are fleeing for their lives. Y'all, that might be you today. Maybe it's not you, but you know somebody. God, God had, had them, man. He had a call on them. He, he put them where He wanted them. But they began to drift their attention to other things. And before you know it, instead of remembering that they are the chosen ones of God, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, to, that we might li, uh, uh, put forth the praises of God, you know, all of that's in the past. I'm just going to flee from the enemy. So they flee. And y'all, don't... don't uh, Take this thing literally when it says they saw that they they were fleeing because most likely they heard, okay? So let's, let's keep this in the, in the right context. But they got word that this battle had went down. 
the Philistines began to get the leg up and the Israel army fled. They said, man, it must have been bad. Listen, they're not in battle yet. Do you hear me? These people are still in the safety of their home and their cities. They just got word. And they fled. What does that say about them? Y'all, I'm not going to come down on the Israelites today because we do the same thing. The enemy sends a messenger to tell us how big and bad he is. And we just give up. We begin to do some work for God and we we feel a little resistance and we say, oh, I don't want to go into that. Man, you see what kind of trouble is coming on me. And nothing even bad has happened yet. We forgot what Jesus said. Oh yeah, that's right. In this world you will have tribulation. But, don't forget the but. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Okay, so remember who you are today. And when the enemy begins to make his threats at you, what are you going to do? Stand on the Word of God. Stand and fight, because what happens when you don't? When you say, I'm just going to... Pretend this didn't happen for a little while. I'm just going to go on about my business. My kids will be alright. They're going to see God living in me. Yeah, you know what they're seeing? They're seeing a weakling and a scaredy cat that just laid down his entire inheritance that God had given him and you walked away from it and allowed the enemy to come and just have a ball. That's what they saw. We have fooled ourselves into believing we're living a godly life sometimes, y'all. When what we're really doing is we're showing everybody what a weak Christian is. Well, I don't like to be confrontational. What? Why not? Y'all, I don't like to get into arguments with people. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. But y'all, when it comes to the enemy attacking me, there is a cause, okay? That's what David said. Oh, y'all go back and read that story of David and Goliath. Man, if you want to get fired up, you read what David said. They were just just, uh, berating him. They were basically calling him a stupid kid. David said, why are y'all talking to me like this? Is there not a cause? He wanted to stand for righteousness, but they what did they want to do? Remember who was in charge again, Saul. What did they want to do? Y'all, there's a song called The Voice of Truth by Casting Crowns. And there's this line in there I love that just describes it perfectly. It says... While the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor. (laughs) And that's what was going on when David stepped out onto that field to fight. He just had nothing but fear behind him. Okay? But he said, today this is going to stop. 
Today, I'm standing here representing the armies of the living God. And y'all, I want you to get that in your spirit today because you know what? By ourselves, we are weak and pathetic. But I'm not alone. I've got, I've got the army of God on my side. And when it comes to the enemy attacking, especially my family, who else is going to do it? I can't wait around on the elders of the church to handle it. No, that's not their place. It's mine. Women, I ain't trying to leave y'all out today. Y'all, my wife knows more about what goes on with my kids during the day than I do. You think she don't have to be on watch? You think she don't have to be on guard to see those things beginning to creep in? And you know what? She can handle some of it on her own and that's fine. But I need to hear it. I need to know when the enemy has been attacking and I need to be ready to fight with her arm in arm. Instead of coming home and saying, you know what, I don't want to hear that right now. I've had a long day. Can't you just handle it? Come on now, husbands. I have never read one place in the Bible that all the husband has to do is provide. That's one of them. He didn't stop there. Y'all, I need to be the king of my house. And I ain't talking about a king like Saul. I'm talking about a king like David. One that says, you know what, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand against it. Y'all, it ain't easy. It is not convenient. It's not comfortable. People won't like me when it's over with. I'm telling you right now, there are people in this town right now that don't like the name Kevin Alfred. And you know why? Because I took a stand for righteousness. I'm not going to go back, okay? I'm not going to change it because I knew what I was standing for was right. I may not have went about the right way sometimes. I may not have used the appropriate methods, but I knew what I was standing for was right. And I'm here to tell you today that if more people took a stand for righteousness, it wouldn't be so weird and out there anymore. All of a sudden it'd be commonplace and we'd be looking at the other knuckleheads and say, why aren't y'all doing it? Why in the world would you let your kid do that kind of stuff? Right? You know, it ain't been that long ago, y'all. It ain't been that long ago when people that lived that way were, were ostracized. I don't want that around my family. Oh, you ain't going with them. You know the kind of things they do. Do you even hear that anymore? I remember my dad wouldn't let me go spend the night with one of my friends. And I mean, it just, it upset me. Like, why not? We, we have so much fun at school. We get along together. Why won't you let me go over there? He said, because I know his daddy. You ain't going to be around that. That ain't what I wanted to hear, y'all. Did you hear me today, parents? That ain't what I wanted to hear. But you know what? 30 years later, I look back and I say, thank God I had a righteous dad. Right? 
Somebody was willing to take a stand. Maybe he didn't go about it the best way. Maybe he didn't use politically correct terminology. But he said, no, you don't need to be around his dad. He's a drunk. It's okay to say that word. Y'all hear me? (laughs) We should want our kids to be in that environment. Well, he's a happy drunk. I don't care. Y'all, people get crazy when they're drunk. I'm telling you. They do stuff they don't normally do. That's why they do it. Anybody here sitting here today that has had a problem with alcohol, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Man, I'm telling you. It's just like any other drug, anything else that will influence your mind. And so what I'm trying to drive home to you today is if I just sit idly by and say, well, you know, everybody drinks a little and and, uh, mealy mouth, sorry, so-and-so. If I do that kind of stuff and just allow my kids to go do whatever because that's what everybody else is doing, what's, what's going to be the end result? They're going to look back and they're going to say one day, y'all, this is going to come out of their mouth one day. They're going to say, man, I wish my dad would have took a stand. Wouldn't have had to endure all this stuff I've went through if he would have just took a stand. You want to rip a dad's heart out? Let him hear his kids say something like that. What are you going to do today, people? Are you just going to lay down? Or flee? (laughs) That's it, brother. Crush him. Why are our schools the shape they're in, man? Because because they not only fled, they said, no, you ain't going to do that here. (laughs) You're not going to pray. We're not going to say the word God. You know that the Air Force took they took it out of their oath. I don't even want you saying the word God. I can't I can't pledge my allegiance to God and country anymore. It's just a country. No. Y'all, this is a sign. <laughs> it tells you the heart of our country, y'all. In the days of Noah, it said God, God looked upon those people and He said, every thought they have is evil continually. How much, how much does it take to preserve a country? Y'all, I can't answer that question. But I know what happens when people just give up and walk away. You see, one way is an uncertain ending, but one is a certain one. And certainty is not always a good thing. Because I know for sure if we do nothing, what's going to happen? You see, there was a, a man in our history, some of y'all probably remember his name. I, at this point in, my, in time, do not remember his name. But he said the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's all it takes because the thoughts of our heart are evil continually. And y'all, I know my heart. And when I'm not following after God, 
I know what kind of things come up in my mind. And it's not good. When I revert to my fleshly ways, I know what comes up. What are you going to do today, Christians? You're going to just leave your possession, leave the, the promise of God and just walk away and say, take it. You're not even going to give them a fight. You know what? We may lose some battles, y'all. We may not win them all. But is that a reason not to fight? You see, there's a whole lot of people, if we look back in history, and I'm not trying to give y'all a history lesson today, but there's a whole lot of people, if you look back, they knew they were going to be defeated, and they fought anyway. Why? Well, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I ain't just going to give what God has given me to the enemy. I ain't just going to let him take it. He might take something from me, but it ain't going to be because Kevin Alfred gave it to him. I'm going to give him something all right, and it's going to be a good fight. And you know what? I may lose some battles. Huh? I might. But i got a promise. I've got a promise. See, I know who wears the victor's crown. It's my king. I've got victory in the end, y'all. And it's worth the fight. What are you going to do when you go stand before the Lord and He says, why didn't you even try? Well, God, I knew you were going to win in the end, so I figured, you know, (laughs) I don't even know how He's going to react to that, y'all. I have a sneaking suspicion and I don't really want to even think about it. Once the Israelites fled, there was no more resistance to the enemy. Put this on a personal level this morning. Think about your heart. Just that that little simple area there that God has blessed you with. What happens when you just open it up and say, come on in, enemy? But we do that, y'all things we entertain ourselves with, the things we allow to go on, we allow Him to just come in and run amok. 